Hi, everyone. It's Karen Chong, and I'm here with my co-host, Dennis Kelly. Welcome to another episode of Mastering Your World Through Frequencies, where every week we explore how frequencies shape our world and begin to release the patterns that keep us stuck so we can realize our greatest potential. Hi, everyone. This is Karen Chong. In this episode, we're shaking it up and providing a different perspective on frequency work and awakening because that can often help you get better context for your own journey. Today, I'm interviewing Chris Sprague, who is my husband and business partner because he's of a very high resonance, but perceives and has had a very different experience in his path to awakening from me. He doesn't have the same abilities that I do, and he often doesn't quote unquote see things. Many of you have had similar experiences and wanted to find out more about his. After the discussion, we're going to wrap it up with a group frequency calibration to begin to help you clear the distortion patterns around this topic. So let's get going. So Chris, we've had some really good questions come in because we've asked our community what they would like to ask you because you have a really different perspective on awakening than I do. My journey has been really different from yours. And what we perceive is really different. So a lot of people wanted to find out what your perspective was. And you're also a dude. So I think that also makes it a very different perspective than what I have. Right. So um, what I'm going to do today is just run through some of these questions. Sound good? Sounds great. Okay, cool. Okay. First question. I too don't really see, sense, or feel things. I was actually shocked to hear Chris didn't either. Um, If I could ask him a question, it would probably be along the lines of, how does he gauge his spiritual ascension when he doesn't see things? There's all this talk of it being an experiential experience, but I'm not feeling it or seeing it. Is he? And what does it feel like for him? If he didn't have Karen there who can see his frequency or ascension level, how would he know? Right. Okay. So there's a lot of stuff bundled in that one question, right? So it's true that um, obviously you feel and sense a lot of stuff. And Mm -hmm. so I don't feel or sense things in the same way at all. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think when I first started just in the, in the general, in the journey of, of exploring spirit stuff, Mm -hmm. um, I would, you know, well, you know, we were together at the time. So, so, um, we'd go to these different seminars or like shaman workshops or various things. And all these people would be having these experiences. And they, they like, I, I'm saying the shaman one. I remember specifically we went to this one in like 20 years ago or something in yeah. San Francisco. And people were saying, I went in like in the in deep and I saw all these dolphins. And look at, I'm like, I saw the inside of my eyelids. You know? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with me? And it just really felt like I was judging myself because mm-hmm. all these people were having these wild experiences. And I was literally having no experience other than the experience of sitting there feeling like, I was failing at something, right. and it was really frustrating. Yeah. Um, so that had that's been like a sort of a backdrop soundtrack almost mm-hmm. is my own self talk about that mm-hmm. for a long time. And what I've realized eventually, though, is that everyone's I mean everyone's journey is going to look totally different, and yeah. we all have our own sort of unique flavor or unique approach to or an experience of of this awakening process. And like I want to make it clear to everyone that. This is an ongoing thing, you know. Yeah. It's like uh, you know, whoever you look to and whoever you talk to, they all have plenty to go. I mean, yeah, that's just, it's infinite. Really. It's infinite, right? So I mean, <laughs> it's, it's it's never done. But so, but what I've sort of learned to do for myself is actually worry less about like what level am I at, or am I making progress or not. I think what I would, if I had to come up with a way to gauge that for myself, um, yes, in part, it's like someone like you or someone else with, with special abilities telling me. But that's not a really. It's it's better to be, if possible a little bit more independent of that. What I've learned to do now is just simply use the way I feel mm-hmm. about my own, like about living my life. Like, you know, the way my life feels to me at any given time. And so the awakening process is one of raising your, your resonance, your frequency resonance. Yeah. Um, and so I, the way I see it at least is the, the higher your resonance goes, the more awake you are. So we all occupy, like I'm sure people have heard you mention before, we, we occupy a bandwidth. And the question is just, like, how, where's your overall band, like your overall segment of the bandwidth, and how high are you within that? Mm-hmm. So I'm using, um, the gauge I would use is just, how do I feel most of the time? Mm-hmm. So where's my, set, my general set point um, within the bandwidth of what it is to be human? Mm-hmm. And so if I'm really feeling crummy a lot of the time, that means that, I mean, there's either there's something really crunchy going on or, or more likely I'm just 
I have a lot of work still to do. Mm -hmm. if, if my overall experience is one of awkwardness and uncomfortableness and dissatisfaction and things like that. Whereas if I feel really, if I feel better most of the time, then I'm probably making good progress. Yeah. I always also say, just as somebody who's lived with you for quite a while now, is that um, from what I've noticed, you, and you touched on it this a little bit before, mm. but you just care a lot less. So before, I would say that right. my experience of you was that you were very, very mentally focused. So right. you're a very smart guy, and, so, and you tried to figure everything out with your mind. And so you were always trying to like, like pin everything sort of down yeah. to make it you feel sort of safe or certain or like know where you were. Sure. But what I've noticed in you as your journey has continued is you've just dropped that. <clears throat> that sense of needing to know right. from a mental perspective has dropped away. And I think you even remember, I remember the, um, right around the time when you said, thinking doesn't exactly serve me that much because yeah. a lot of the things that I'm telling myself aren't really that aren't helpful. helpful. Yeah. And I actually receive things like knowingness without thinking faster. And for just people who are watching this, uh, Chris receives very fast. He just can't distinguish if it's actually a thought or knowingness. But it's so, and this happens for a number of people, where it's like you're, it's, I don't know what the sense is, but it's like the knowingness is so clear. And in, Chris is really about the physical experience. So it's like in that moment, you're so sure because it's so strong and you're so sure. And as you move away from that particular moment in time, you become less sure and your mind used to kick in a lot more about did that actually happen uh, did that actually was that a true thing or was that just a thought etc yeah. so you've just dropped a lot of that from what i've noticed yeah, in terms true. of i mean I've basically given myself permission to think less i yeah, know exactly. it sounds crazy to just like not think but a lot of people are like well, of course you got to think but i've realized that for me personally i'm trying to use my mind as a tool when it's called for but not let it just constantly run the show because mm -hmm. it, it will if, if you if if that like it wants to do that. It yeah. wants to always be on top and be like, yeah, I'm running things here. Um, but it's, it's really not. And it's not us. And the longer we, uh, the more we recognize that we are not our thoughts, the more distance we can have and the more we can basically say to the mind, like, just stop it now. You know? yeah. And it may or may not stop, but even knowing that it's not you, gives, at least gives me distance from it so that yeah. I can, if it's going on about something, I go, oh, yeah, that's just nonsense that my mind is doing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I feel like that's giving you a lot of freedom. Yeah, for cool. sure. Okay, so the next question is kind of similar. How do you perceive no notice that your resonance has risen? Do you get upgraded as well, and what does that look like? Mm. So as far as, I mean, upgrades, like, so I feel like perhaps with you it's a little bit different. Like you, you have certain abilities, and then when you're doing a session with someone or something like that, you realize, oh, I can do more, more quickly or something like that. So you're like, okay, that was just an upgrade that I experienced. I don't know that I have the exact same experience of that where I, I will say, Oh yes, I just had an upgrade. I mean, I'll go through periods where, um, especially because we do things together, it's like sometimes we go through these things at this, like simultaneously, right? Yeah. So I can use that as a gauge. Obviously, not everyone can do that because uh, they don't have you as their spouse. <laughs> so well, actually, I'm, as far as I know, I'm the only one that has that. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure you. Yeah. I'm pretty sure about I that you too. Would go too. <laughs> um, but um, so I mean, again, it would just come back to um, how I feel. Yeah. That's, that's really the gauge. Like, do I, how much of my time do I spend feeling like this is awesome? This human experience is awesome. My life is awesome. Even if there's all kinds of weird, crunchy stuff going on in our world, mm -hmm. that doesn't mean we have to have the experience of, oh, that sucks. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can have stuff going on like, around you that isn't, like, if you just think about it, you realize, okay, that's really not very awesome. But my experience of it isn't that it's, it has to be painful or that I have to engage with it in that way. Yeah. So the more I can in spite of what goes on around me, feel really comfortable and okay, yeah. uh, the more I realize, okay, like this, this whole thing is working. Yeah. And so it's like, well, actually, you know, I used to, I, I told some people this before, but I used to be um, so uh, vulnerable to yucky stuff around me that I didn't want to know about the news for about 10 years. I specifically decided I'm not going to read news, watch news or anything for like yeah. 10 years. Um, and then I don't know how many years ago, two years ago or something like that, I was mm -hmm. like, oh, no, I feel internally strong enough. Now I'm going to specifically watch the news or I, I, I read it online, you know. Um, I'm going to read the newspaper and really know what's going on everywhere. And then how stable can I feel yeah. in the midst of knowing all the horrible crap that's going on? I mean, I'm reading about genocide and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Can I stay stable yeah. and still feel really positive about myself, my world, our world, mm -hmm. and humanity as a whole in spite of all the yucky stuff that happens? And so... 
I know that's like lifting weights to me now mm -hmm. is like, you know, reading the news. And the more I can, uh, I'm not saying everyone should do this. I mean, you'll know whether this is something that's right for you or not. Um, but um, the more I'm able to be present with all this information that's really heavy and really unpleasant, yeah. and the more I'm able to stay really stable inside and feel really still positive, um, the more I know that I'm doing really well. Yeah. So I use that as an exter external okay. gauge. Yeah, and I would also say that, um, and something you haven't n noted, is that you notice what triggers you, that you, that triggers you, um, that used to trigger you that doesn't that now. doesn't now. Right? So there are a lot of things, like Chris used to have a real challenge with, like, uh, ro not road rage, but you would get really irate with people in traffic, for example. Sure. And that doesn't really... Oh, well, someone cut me off. Cut you driving, off. Yeah, yeah, like you would really take, take up really personally, personally and get really upset. Yeah. But now you don't, actually, right. anymore. And that's a, a gauge of that's your true. neutrality. Yeah. Or even um, when people, with people, like Chris is very sensitive to other people's uh, uh, frequency resonance and energetic. And so... It's Although I don't of, perceive it that you way. Don't, he doesn't perceive it that way, but he feels it. He knows it. And it's sort of like you can sense when you don't like someone very strongly, like immediately. Right. Or and I you, don't trust and them. And you don't or, trust them or whatever. Yeah. But you're not impacted by that. You just hold your space. Or, right. for example, I'll say, oh, did you notice that person? And you'll say, yeah, I noticed that I defended against them. I'm like, yeah, because they're possessed or whatever. Right. So you may not know why. I wouldn't why. know they're possessed, but I would know. And like, I don't, I don't want to be near them. Be and also that you did something to hold your space better or right. whatever. Right. So that's part of your gauge is what I would right. say of where you are in terms of holding your space yeah. and how strong Probably you are. true, yeah. And I would say also, um, just in my experience of you, is that you also notice when you have upgrades, it's actually quite physical. So you'll say like, oh, I felt, felt that tingling up through my spine, mm -hmm. or I feel the tingling in my head, or I have goosebumps, or that type right. of thing will happen. Which I didn't used to experience much, but I think I'm experiencing Crazy. that a little bit more now. Yeah. But exactly. I still don't, like necessarily on my own, I wouldn't necessarily read that as an upgrade. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if I, I felt some tinglies, what, what did that mean? I don't even know, but I, I also, like you said before, I don't worry about that anymore. Yeah. I, I really just don't care. Yeah. It's just I'm going to just live my life and do the best I can all the time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I would say that um, you're, from my perspective, your perception or feeling of uh, frequencies has gotten more refined. Mm. That's my experience. Hmm. Okay. All right. So the next question is, um, this is such amazing work, frequency work. And how do we help beings and our family members get on board with us? with regards to this work. Mm -hmm. If we could all figure this out, the world, so if, meaning if more people did this work, the world would be a better place. So how do we do that? And is there a solution you can propose to help us see the perfection of every person and family member so we have a deeper understanding of divine timing and free will for the people we are closest to? Okay. Good questions. Yes, yeah, um, question. And I think a lot of people, yeah, come up against that too. Because yeah. I mean, let's say you're having this amazing experience doing all this frequency work, really feeling your, just your circumstances around you change, you're feeling better about yourself and your life and everything seems to be going better for you. And you look around your family and think, or your friends or whoever, you know, the people you love around you, you think, oh man, it would be so awesome if they had that experience too, right? Yeah. You just really want that. Yeah, because um, you love them. Because you love them, yeah. yeah. And so I think ultimately the, the, the key word in this scenario is neutrality. Uh, and then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch uh, focus to the word focus also. So mm -hmm. neutrality and focus. So first is neutrality. And it's like it's easy to say a word. It's not necessarily as easy to experience that. Mm -hmm. But um, the, the higher your, your frequency resonance rises, yeah. the more likely you're going to have the experience of the second part of the question, which is just realizing that everything is okay as it is. Nothing really needs to change. Mm -hmm. um, judgment and, and like whether something is good or something is bad that's a very mental concept. Like there's, if you take the human mind out of the equation, there is literally no such thing as good and bad. That's just things that happen. So it requires the human mind to then like assess some facts or some situation yeah. and then create a judgment on that. Yep. So that's where good and bad comes from, right? And so um, the more you're mired in your, in your human mind, the less neutral you are, um, likely the, the lower your resonance is in general. And so it's harder to be neutral about all those, the people you care about, and the people you love, and, and whether they are or aren't on board making ama amazing progress like you feel, you know, like you are. Yeah. Um, so the key to getting neutral is in just focusing, like I was saying before, focusing on yourself. So instead of thinking about how to correct things for everyone else, it's just simply think, okay, I'm going to keep on working on myself as much as I can. I'm going to uh, just work on raising my resonance. And as that happens, I'll be leading by example. Okay. That's kind of like transcendent leadership idea that we've talked about yeah. before. Yeah. And so others will look to you if they're ready for that and say, dang, what, what she or he is doing, whatever. 
that's amazing. I want some of that too. Yeah. So they'll just come on board naturally. This is part of I mean, wanting to because you're leading by example. And it comes from um, you focusing on yourself rather than trying to fix everyone else. It's kind of like the oxygen mask. You know, put on your oxygen mask first before you put it on everyone else in the plane or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That same sort of idea. Yeah. And, um, and as your resonance rises, because you're focusing on yourself, your, your level of neutrality can increase. You're more stable yourself. Your feeling of, of comfort and stability and just general, like, how you feel about your life is less, re like, less related to what's going on around you and more about how you feel internally. Mm -hmm. And so, therefore, you're not as concerned about the people around you, which doesn't mean, I don't mean you don't care about them, yeah. but I mean you're less concerned about whether they're making the choices that you think are the correct choices. Yeah. Um, so, and the last thing I'll sort of extract out of this idea is the idea of um, love and control, mm -hmm. where we often, there are people just in general, it's very, very common to feel like because I love someone, I want to make sure that they're doing what I think is right for them. So, mm -hmm. um, that's again a, 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 about neutrality and folk self focusing on oneself instead of trying to control what's around you. Mm -hmm. But just knowing that sometimes love can sort of ooze over into control. Or control oozes over into love. Or control oozes over into love, whichever it is, whichever yeah. comes first. I don't yeah. know if it's a chicken or the egg, I don't know. Yeah. But um, knowing that that's a thing, you can be more on the lookout for that thing if it's starting yeah. to happen in, in your life. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, um, these are now, a, this is now a relationship question. Okay. Okay. So, I would love to hear how you evolve together as a couple into new consciousness. How is it difficult from evolving? How is it different, excuse me, from evolving alone? And what are the particular challenges for a couple? Wow. Um, I don't know if we can answer the one, how is it, how yeah. is it different from evolving alone? Because we've because, been together, yeah, actually. That's right. We've been together for a long time, everyone. Like, we've been together since 19... When is it? Really, 94, basically. 94. Yeah. So that's a long time. Yeah. So our journey has been together the whole time. Right. So we can't really answer the alone part. So, and so what's the rest of the question again? The question is, I'd love to hear how you evolve together as a couple into new consciousness, hmm. and what are the particular challenges for a couple? And so maybe I'll start by answering that. Is that okay? And sure, you can yeah, tag on. So um, what started this whole journey really was when I got sick. Mm -hmm. um, when I got that, and I went to go see the acupuncturist in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada to help me with my skin stuff. And he was the first person who, who really understood and saw energy. And then that catalyzed the question for you of um, what is possible beyond the physical that we're not seeing. You, you and I had the same question. Really, right. really, your question was, how is it that my wife got went from like totally crazy yeah. mess to now totally amazing really and vital and in, awesome? In five weeks. Yeah, exactly. How could that even, is that how even possible? Yeah. yeah. And so Chris was the one who was reading all these books because at that time you really wanted to find a teacher. Right. You really thought the teacher was the key, That's right? You're like, I really, really want to find a teacher. Yeah. And then I followed along. I mean, how we started was I followed along because I had a separate question, which was, what, 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 how do things really work? Mm -hmm. That's what I wanted to know. I was like, what is it? What, how do things really work? And so we had our separate kind of questions, questions. Or concerns or whatever. Yeah. 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 And it's just, it is true that in general, especially at the very beginning, when we, I mean, this is back in the 90s when we were just first together and stuff. And it's like I would read some book about something. And it'd be some crazy esoteric thing about like Tibetan yoga or something or whatever. And then I'd be like, who can teach us about Tibetan yoga yeah. or, or whatever random, what to me seemed like a super cool, wild thing. Yeah. And it was always really out there. But I just wanted to go find out, like, what, what, are, the, what are the perimeters or what's, what's, the, what's the outer limit of the human experience? And, and what, what, what is out there that's way beyond the norm? Because I know that the norm isn't going to give me that level of satisfaction and, and stuff about... Uh, I'm not going to... That stuff isn't as important as the spirit stuff is really what I always felt. And I still feel that way as well. I yeah. mean, so really the, the way to have the most fulfillment and the way to have just the best, juiciest, awesomest life is to focus on spirit stuff and how that interfaces in your ordinary reality and then yeah. live both, not yeah. one or the other. Yeah. Um, oh, you want to say something? Yeah. So I was going to say, like, Chris was always the one, especially, I mean, even now still, where he'd be like, we need to go to Mexico City, City to Teotihuacan with this person. I'm like, Okay, right. <laughs> so then off we would go or whatnot and um, even so a lot of these things 
a lot of our journey together has yeah. been initiated by you. Right. I would say I've just followed. So in that way, you were very much leading in your masculine, and I was very much following right. our in the feminine. Not that the feminine has to follow the masculine, but because I was following your forward momentum. Right. It wasn't like I was holding your coattails or anything like this. But no, you just, just I followed the you impetus. You followed my excitement there about exactly. That. Right. And so you were usually the one who started that, and. Um, I would say that as a couple, yeah. how it's um, evolved for us, it's kind of like we're soul buddies, I, I think. It's just sort of like we, really what I would say is that for us, it's like growth has been our number one. For sure, for, for both, both of us. us. Yeah. For both of us, our biggest uh, driving um, need is yeah. for growth right. because we're so curious, um, even beyond anything else. And right. so I feel like that has been what has driven us sure. as a couple. Um, and growth with the, with the understanding that there's always infinite room for growth exactly. and it's always about self-refinement and just yeah. like further tweaking self-mastery and there's, there's no really no final actual goal just that continuous process yeah, yeah. and um, to answer this person's question what are the particular challenges for a couple for me okay because I had things uh, more issues around control was when Chris was detoxing or going through his stuff because he was upgrading or whatever to not meddle. Hmm. So meaning to not be like, try to fix it, try to make it better, right. try to like soften it for you. I was just like, I would just hold the space for you of like, I know you can do this mm -hmm. and I'm not interfering. And yeah. man, that is hard right. when you're living with someone. Because not only is it hard to watch because it's somebody you love, right. but it's just hard because you're living together. And you're yeah. <laughs> it's kind of this mess. Kind of dreadful it's right now. dreadful right now. You're like, oh my God, please get through this quick. Like yeah. this is like... Really, it's, it's interesting because that sort of brings in the previous question too about like uh, about love uh, and, and its overlap with control, right? Yeah. So it's like you, on the one hand, you want to you see someone that you love in a in a painful situation and you want to solve that. Yeah. But on the other hand, it's like you can realize well maybe going through that painful situation is actually kind of important for that person's development yes. or growth. And so it's like I think for me, what I've learned to do, or at least I believe this is how I approach it, is like if you ask for help, I'm going to provide help. Yeah. But if you're not asking for help. Unless it's like something really critical. I mean, it's like obviously if you're hanging off a cliff and you <laughs> and you're about to plummet into the depths, and I'm not and, asking for yeah, help, and right? you're I'm only like... screaming, you're not specifically saying, "Chris, help me." I'm gonna try to pull you up, right? So it's like, I, I think there's a limit to what I'm saying, but um, it's like if you're not asking for help, like not trying to force that, or if I really feel like you're not in a position where you you can ask for help because you're in such a low state, or it's actually almost more like that happened with me and you. I think mm -hmm. the inverse actually. Where I'll just feel so like for a minute. I don't even know that I need some help. Yeah. And so it's like learning how to offer that in a way that isn't trying to make it happen. Yes. So, so the things I've learned to say is sometimes like, you know, sometimes for me, if I'm in an X Y Z situation, uh, I would do this. I'm like screw you. Yeah. <laughs> that is a possible response that has in fact happened in the past. And vice versa, no doubt. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's learning how to offer that in a way that doesn't make it seem like you're trying to control that outcome. Yeah. Um, so that the person has the choice still to wallow in that yucky stuff if that's important to them or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And I would also say that one of the things that's really been different for us is that when we started on this journey, you were much more in your feminine, and I was much more in my masculine. Right. In not a good way. Yeah. And um, so I think that. Um, a lot of our journey has been becoming more of our um, our natural. Right. Um, what do you call this? I don't know. Gender alignment. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even. It's like expression it's, of the feminine. Like, yeah, right? right. So we all have a mix of both the feminine and the masculine within us in different ratios. So whichever one is the more um, the dominant more dominant or, or free for you. Yeah. So for me, my feminine is more dominant. Although I do have a very strong masculine for side sure. as well. Yeah. And likewise for you, it's right. the opposite. And so we have learned or not just learned, but also been aware of yeah. and, and cultivated. And also. Yeah, unlearned a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And the frequency work has been tremendous with that totally. because I've gone into more surrender, more softness, etc. Right. You've become more in your masculine, much like stronger. Yeah. And also what's really awesome is that when I, if I try to do something and I don't realize that I'm being controlling, you will not tolerate it. You're like, no, like yeah. I'm not, no. But it's not like you're angry or, um, but yeah. it's just like you won't have yeah, it. It's just firm. It's no. very firm. Yeah. And it's um, not that soft, and it's good for me because I'm like, oh, wait, there we go. I just tried to overstep. Yeah. I tried to control there. That wasn't good. Right. So, and what's wonderful about that is that both of us have enough neutrality that we don't take it personally. Right. So it I'm not have to like, be a fight. It's yeah, exactly. Like... I'm like, 
he just told me to back off, yeah. like screw him. You know, I'm just like, oh wow, oh. there I was. I overstepped. When you recognize your own part in whatever just happened. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a very fast accountability, and so I would say that's different. And um, I think in a couple, than if yeah. you're on your own, I think the the potential of an intimate partnership. Um, in one where there's a spiritual orientation is much more awareness because the mirror is so clear, right? right? With you, like with you, it's like I can't, you know me so well, so I can't get away with s silly stuff. Yeah, so it's just like none of that um, is uh, behavior that will be allowed by you because you won't be controlled because right. you're in that new consciousness where we are, our, uh, our free will is not, yeah. we're not more willing sovereignty. to tolerate that. Yeah. We have much more sovereignty. Thank yeah. you. So that's what I would say has changed a lot and has become clear. And there's a lot of respect for the other for sure, as a yeah. result. So um, hopefully that answers that person's question. And then um, the last thing really quickly is, will it be extremely difficult for relationships, and, and this person means intimate partnership, to thrive if one of the partners makes a conscious decision not to work on releasing inherent distortion? Mm. My feeling is actually it's as simple as saying yes, that is challenging. Yeah. Um, it's like it, what that would be, so if there's, two, if there's people in an par intimate partnership, mm -hmm. and one person is really into the frequency work and is like, yeah, yeah. this is awesome, I'm, I'm really getting this, and I'm, I'm grooving on this, it's, I'm really making some, some serious strides here. The other person is like, I think that's a bunch of nonsense, mm -hmm. and I, I have no desire to make any changes. Um, it's going to be challenging. Uh, it, what, what it will be is a really good exercise in neutrality for the person who is, um, mm -hmm. who, who's looking to make those changes. I mean, that, that's going to be a great test of that. How neutral can I, can I be? How much can I... Um, step back and let my partner make their own choices and his or her mm -hmm. own choices yeah. um, and not try to control that. Mm -hmm. um, and I would say that the best that can be done in that scenario is just to keep on trying to lead by example by just keeping that focus on inward and um, saying, okay, I'm going you know, to focus on, on raising my own uh, resonance by doing all this frequency work and let that other person make their own decisions. Yeah. My feeling is that at some point what's likely to happen is that that divide will grow um, most likely mm -hmm. and um, it's it's in my mind it's very possible that a relationship won't last infinitely um, under that cir yeah. circumstances. Exactly, and then we have to examine our own attachment to the relationship. Yeah, like, like why, why are, are we, we in it? it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what are we getting out of that? Is it because we need certainty? Yeah, exactly. Is it, you know, I mean, is is it what is it really about that? Yeah. Um, is it because we're afraid to be on our own? Um, there's a whole host of reasons that you can stay in a situation that isn't actually nourishing. Uh, yeah. And, and for or, anyone. Yeah, for anyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, because oftentimes if you look at it from both people, it's not really neither person is quite happy with that scenario. Because yeah. the person who doesn't want to focus on growth and stuff is like, wondering why, why, is this, why is my partner doing all this crazy stuff all the time? Or, or criticizing or, me or wanting me to change yeah. or whatever. Right. Yeah. So, okay. Well, that takes us to the end of this batch of questions. There are actually quite a few more for you. Okay. So we might be bringing part you back two part two sometime. Okay. And so thank you so much for answering mm, all those questions. A lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. Karen, could you help me? I hear so often when I look at uh, your video or your website, GFC. Exactly what is that? A GFC is a group frequency calibration, which looks a lot like a guided meditation on a particular topic. And what I'm doing is I'm helping you to remove the distortion patterns of that particular topic. And because you're coming together as a mastermind in a group to connect to pure source even more and to clear the distortion patterns of this particular topic, what happens is a tremendous amount of momentum starts to happen because of the energetic of the entire group. And each individual is able to move faster and ascend higher than they could have on their own. Because I'm working on the frequency level, these GFCs are not like regular meditations, and many people find they go into varying degrees of altered state. So please do not drive while listening to this GFC. Welcome everyone. This is the group frequency calibration for a different perspective on awakening. So just scanning you all. All right. First, becoming aware of your body. And as you become aware of your body, please become aware of the outer edges of both your feet. Whatever that means to you. 
Just notice the outer edges of your feet. Mm-hmm. Good. And now, please become aware of your weight as it settles into whatever is supporting you. Noticing if you are holding a lot of tension as opposed to settling in to whatever is supporting you. Just noticing. Good. And now, please notice your breath. Without changing it at first, just noticing your breath. Yeah. And then, after a couple of breaths, and noticing how it is in this moment, deepening your breath, allowing it to fill not only your front body, meaning, say, your chest and your tummy, but also your back body. So your upper and possibly your lower back. Just noticing how much space your breath can take up in your body. Good. Yeah. And now, please, noticing your surroundings. Noticing the sound around you, all the little noises that you take for granted and don't usually notice. And as you become aware of those sounds, noticing the direction from which those sounds come. Good. And now, either with eyes closed or eyes open, depending on what works best for you, noticing the quality of the light, even if you're sitting in semi-blackness. Noticing the quality of the light. Good. Yeah. And now, please triangulate. 
So for those of you who are new, triangulating means becoming aware of three inanimate objects in the space around you. What those inanimate objects are is not important. You're going to notice the distance between each object and you. So for example, if object A is the chair, noticing that the distance between the chair and you is about six and a half foot, and then feeling the distance between the chair and you. And you'll do the same thing with objects B and C. And you'll notice that as you do this, your sense of where you are in space will clarify. You're going to become more aware of your spatial coordinate. And now, for those of you who are a little faster and more experienced with triangulating, bringing your attention to your upper solar plexus. So your solar plexus is between your belly button and the base of your sternum, which is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest. The upper part of your solar plexus is between the center point of your solar plexus and the base of your sternum. Keeping your attention here, we're going to take a nice deep breath together, holding your breath for a count of five. And then whenever you are ready, releasing your breath, holding it out for another count of five. Noticing the length of count that you chose. Noticing if it was easier to hold your breath in or to hold it out. Noticing if you rushed through that breath or really took your time. Good. And as we wait for the mastermind to coalesce, please note that I am working on you at the group and the subgroup level, and that I often work in silence, especially when I'm working at very high frequency levels. I do, however, occasionally make noise. It's typically when I'm removing a distortion pattern that is lower in vibrational order or sticky. And in those cases, I will either hum or yawn or exhale sharply. So the other thing that you should note is that if I say something that really resonates with you, it's likely yours. And if I say something that you really resist, that you don't think could possibly be you, it's likely yours. So I invite you to remain open and to examine further. Good. So now that the mastermind has coalesced, we're going to ask ourselves that question. How can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And that question again is, how can I become even more aware of my connection only to pure source? And as you ask yourself that question, please imagine, sense, feel, or become aware of the space at the center of your body. And as you become aware of this space, you may notice that it is more vast than what you originally thought. And as you become even more aware of this space, 
becoming aware of or imagining a brilliance at its very center. That you either see or feel. Yeah. And as you keep your attention on this brilliance, it intensifies and very naturally expands outwards through all of your cells, out through your organs. Out through your bones, your flesh, and your muscles. Radiating out through the pores of your skin, into the space between your physical body and your spirit body, which is a sphere at arm's length all around you. Please become very aware of the brilliance within the sphere. Good. And now please become aware of the space all around the sphere. And as you become aware of this infinite space, I'm working on you at spirit level to increase your frequency resonance irrespective of where it began. The higher your frequency resonance, the more effective this session because it comes from the highest resonating order. And the faster your integration or detox. This is one of the most important things we do. Good. Bringing your, your attention, please, excuse me, to your heart space in the center of your chest, in your nipple line. Mm -hmm. So we are going to be working on um, across multiple subgroups. So for some of you, this is the fear of failing, the fear of not getting it right. Um, fear of running out of time or missing out. Okay, those are the main subgroups here. So working to release these distortion patterns. including the fear that you won't succeed. 
that you'll feel. And that there will be no one to tell you what your progress has been. Mm-hmm. Good. Bringing your attention to the xiphoid process right at the base of the sternum. So your sternum, again, is that big, thick bone in the center of your chest. If you trace your sternum to the base, it goes from bone to flesh. That fleshy point is sensitive if you press on it. That is your xiphoid process. So keeping your attention on this spot. Yeah. This is the distortion pattern of feeling less than. For whatever reason, because your experience is not the same as others, because you can't tell, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Good. Yeah. Bring your attention, please, to the front of your throat. Mm -hmm. This is the challenge of the mind. Okay, so for many of you, your minds will want to know. They want certainty. They want to know how you're doing. So this is an ego mind thing. In addition, there's another large subgroup of you where it is difficult for you to let go of the control of the mind, right? to not think, to have something beyond the mind inform your knowingness. So releasing this.
good. Yeah, bringing your attention, please, to your xiphoid process again, about three inches or seven centimeters directly beneath it. We're going to clear out and reset the pain body, basically releasing the memory of you with the distortion patterns out of it. So when it's clear, we can integrate with the newer, higher resonating version of yourself to speed and smooth out integration for you. Good. This brings us to the end of this session. I look forward to working with you on the next GFC. These GFCs help people release distortion patterns. It's my sincere hope that you benefit profoundly from this series, which is why I spend so much of my personal resources creating these as my gift to the world. If a GFC topic resonates with you, often more work that can be provided in this one GFC is needed to really clear or loosen deeply held distortion patterns in areas that are sticky. Because these patterns are like layers of an onion, usually there are multiple layers to individual topics. Depending on how much of a challenge this topic is for you, it may make sense for you to go deeper than what this session allows. If you feel this is the case for you, please visit sphericalluminosity.com for more targeted support.